Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today, we're kicking off a new year. Happy New Year, friends. What a great way to start out. 2016 with listeners like you. Thanks for being a part of my life. It's the start of another year and time to think about a fresh start, a clean slate, a do-over. As a new year takes over, we mark the starting spot for our crazy race in the everyday whirlwind of our lives. What's your starting spot look like? If you look over your shoulder at where you've been and you look forward to where you want to go, are you ready to dig your heels in and say, here's where I start today. Here's where I'm making my mark and where I will be better. Here's where I will become my best. Running the race reminds me of a story from my childhood. My family lived on a square city block. We moved into the neighborhood in the early 60s. When we arrived, we were met with really wonderful neighbors who are still neighbors there today. Across the street from us lived a family of four brothers, the youngest a year older than me. Brian was completely invested after school each day in dissecting worms and ants and studying bugs and butterflies. It was no surprise to me that he grew up and became a doctor. Needless to say, Brian was a magnificent athlete, an incredible runner, who once he got to middle school traded dissecting for running. One day, Brian invited me to run with him. Well, feeling really smart and not considering that my spare time was spent practicing piano and reading Dickens, I happily accepted and smugly thought, I'm going to win this race. We took off from my house and began to run past the Fies, the Campbells, the Lyles. We turned the corner to head towards the Bel Airs when I saw the dogs outside barking. I was leaving Brian in the dust. After all, I had come in second in the relay races in fourth grade. (laughs) This had to be similar, right? I turned and looked over my shoulder as we were about halfway around the block. And then it hit me. Fatigue. My feet and my lungs were burning. My face was hot with embarrassment as I slowed down and Brian steadily sped past me. I could barely walk the last turn of the block. Instead, I stopped, breathed in deeply, and walked the rest of the way. Brian was sitting by the curb and said words I'd never forget. Kathy, when you're running a race, you never start out full speed. You see, you burn yourself out. All your energy is emptied immediately. Instead, you plan, prepare, and steadily run the race. You don't look back over your shoulder. You don't look to the sides and watch the barking dogs. You just look ahead at the finish line, and you steadily make your way there. Well, listeners, here's the parallel for our lives. Life's a race. We get up, we lace our shoes, and hit the road running. Distractions come, illness strikes, death happens, life happens, and we can get caught up looking over our shoulder, comparing ourselves, looking at our past regrets, or listening to the discouragement of those barking voices from the sidelines. But God has a plan for us. He has a purpose for our lives. Are you finding yours? Are you living life to the fullest? Listen to this scripture from Hebrews 12.3. It's from the Message Version. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. 
that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. How are you doing in this race? Is this going to be your best year yet? Joining me in the studio to talk about the new year and your goals and mine is Dr. Shandra Arnie Hildebrand, a chiropractor from Kansas City. Welcome to the show, Shan. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Shandra, it's a new year, and several of the normal goals that people have that we like to focus on are really good goals, but people tend to stray from them. And I know that as a young doctor today, you've got some really great ideas, and so I kind of just wanted to work through them and have our audience just kind of be thinking about goals. So here's a couple of health goals. And what I want you to do is try to take it from the angle of a doctor, and then I want you to give us your personal opinion as well. So most of my friends will say, actually this morning at Bible study, it was like almost everybody said their goal was to eat healthier, to lose weight, to try to drink more water, get more sleep. So why is this important to us physically? And you know, what do you think it is that stops people from actually achieving this goal? Well, um, eating healthy and drinking water is really important because at any given time, our body is going through billions of reactions um, to try to sustain energy and keep us going. Um, Water is very, very essential to keeping these uh, chemistry, these chemical reactions that are going on in your body. It kind of sustains that. And whatever you put into your body is what you're going to get out. So if you're putting in stuff that isn't as healthy, you're going to get bogged down. You're not going to have energy. You're going to feel sluggish and slow. Um, you know, and water also flushes out the body and gets rid of toxins and um, helps you keep your body at a normal pH level. And there are some people that propose that if you're not at a good pH level and you're more acidic due to the kind of foods that we eat in today's society, you're more uh, disposed to developing cancer later in life. Okay, so tell me what you think about sugar, because I know personally I was off sugar for quite a while and then it crept in over Christmas and I got to feel really sluggish. My skin was really bad. Do you think that, you know, sugar really has a bad effect? It absolutely does because sugar is inflammatory. So when we say that, it means that there are things in the body that will get inflamed and you'll have bad skin. So you'll develop, you know, acne or rosacea or you'll feel like you get Um, you know, more inflamed. So sugar definitely is a bad thing. And in our society today, we've refined sugar so much from its original form that we're getting things that are not as healthy for us that have that added sugar in it. So it definitely is something that can slow you down and cause you to not feel as well. So as we're talking with people and they're saying, hey, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to, you know, eliminate things that aren't good. I know one of your suggestions from me that was an incredibly wonderful um, piece of advice was you said, mom, go into your closet, take out anything that you've got in that cabinet that's prepackaged with, you know, a bunch of ingredients that you have no idea what they are and just get rid of them. Um how do you think that, you know, people can start right now this year by getting on track to, you know, eat healthier? Well, number one, like, I think that the biggest thing for people is I hear a lot of this 
complaint that I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to cook healthy and things in boxes are easier and whatever. And I don't think that that's true at all. I think, for example, like say you're packing some food for the office or wherever you work, cut up some fruits and some vegetables, bring some hummus, whatever. I think that the less ingredients that you have, the better when it comes to things that are, you know, refrigerated or whatever. But yeah, packaged foods are not good because there are stuff in there that people don't even know about. I mean, you can Google things and there are things that you wouldn't think would be in your food that are in your food that are really disgusting. So I won't discuss that, but go ahead and Google that if you're curious. Okay. So I'm thinking about those friends of mine that said, we're going to get on track to start eating better. What do you think it is that creates that, you know, I've done it for two weeks and now I'm giving up. Do you think it's the idea of what you just said that we think, oh, it's going to take too much time to cook healthy? Or do you think it's just part of goal setting that people don't get past that initial hump to get to where they need to be and continue? Well, um, traditionally it's said that 10 days creates a habit and whatever. And to some extent, I think that's true. I think that, yeah, again, it is people saying I don't have enough time or what I've heard a lot is, um, you know, I really want this food, but I can't eat it anymore and it's driving me crazy or whatever. And I really had to stretch my brain more than I ever have to try to create things that are close, they're never going to be the same, but you're still able to get that effect of what you want, but substituting it for something else. And once you get on that track, and if you ever backslide after a certain amount of time, you'll feel so crummy that you won't want to go back to your old food. Okay. So just stick it out as long as you can. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about jobs. For people who are out there that are working and they say, I'm going to do my very best, always the number one issue that I hear from my friends or from people that are just talking about the workplace in general is that they can't balance. They can't seem to balance their work, their home, their exercise, their church, their friends. And so people then begin this downhill traveling quickly, um, where they feel like they're overwhelmed, you know, they just can't handle it. How have you been able to deal with this? Because you were, um, and I know that you've had a few months now where your life is different, but you went for several years with going to school at the crack of dawn, and you'd study late at night to become a doctor. Um, How did you find time to do everything and not go, you know, nuts? Well, yeah, I was in college for 10 years, and so um, it definitely was one of those things where it required every ounce of my energy, and it required a lot of organization and time management. And I think that time management is really key to balancing everything. Um, I know that uh, a big thing is I hear a lot from people and my own family of, oh, I'm too busy, I didn't get a chance to call you back and whatever, And um, for me, I read a book once that changed my life that said, whenever something's important for you, you will make time for it and vice versa for the person on the other end of the relationship. And so I just think that whenever I was in school, I was, you know, going to school for 12 hours or whatever. I was at school and then I'd come home and eat dinner and study and get up and do it all over again. And I just found time for when I was sitting in traffic or I was on my way home, I'd go through my list of family members and call everyone and check in. 
And I just think it's about finding that balance and, you know, exercising. You've got to find breaks throughout your day. And even if it's just 10 minutes to walk around an office building or whatever, just find any time to do that. I now have an exercise bike in my home. So when I come home and I'm done with my dinner, I can just do my exercise bike as I'm watching, you know, the nightly news or whatever. You just have to find ways to squeeze stuff in and have good time management. Okay. So that's all really great advice for physical and then I think about our attitudes, you know, the emotional, the spiritual side of us. Um, so an important attitude that we've talked about on the show before is to really have a positive attitude. And I told myself this year that my goal was going to be to really look at things in a positive light, to focus on the blessings of life. I just wrote a, a blog, and I've got it posted on bestlifeministries.com that's talking about a blessings journal that I created. And so every day I'm writing down, you know, here's the top five things that were good. And maybe it's not winning the lottery or getting a new car. Maybe it's simply that, you know, I didn't feel tired and I was able to talk to my mother and, you know, I was able to write a newspaper column. So I'm thinking about that blessing side of it. But yet, you know, we're just a few days into the year and already I've started to navigate towards, oh, no, this is too much work, or, oh, I can't do that. So do you really believe as a doctor that a positive attitude has an effect on our health? Um, I absolutely think that. I know that the founding father of chiropractic, D.D. Palmer, back in the 1800s said, there's three tenets surrounding the cause of disease, and it's trauma, toxins, and thoughts. And so there's a lot of research showing that negative thoughts and depression and stuff have a very bad effect on your health and the outcome of your health. Wow. And trauma, being a doctor, I see toxins? people all the time that are discouraged about their health okay. or they're worried about how they're ever going to get through their illness. And if you look at people that are more positive about their illness, they get over things faster. They mm-hmm. have a more so um, vibrant personality and they're able to achieve more and get through things quicker. So you said trauma, toxins, and thoughts. Thoughts. Oh, that is really, really very wise and very interesting. I'm going to have to kind of ponder that. So often we want to take on huge goals, Chandra. You know, it's the new year and everybody says, okay, here's my goals. And then they're not realistic. Have you ever tried to do this? Um, You know, and how do you handle your own personal goals? Well, I think the key to setting goals is writing on a list of long and short-term goals and keep it somewhere visible where you can see it every day. You want to shoot big, but you don't want to set goals that you can't achieve because then you'll get discouraged when you can't achieve them and you will be discouraged from achieving some of your other goals. And plus, it's kind of fun for me when I set a goal that's kind of somewhat easy, um, then when I achieve it or I do more, then it feels more rewarding. Like if I say I want to exercise on my exercise bike for 30 minutes and I end up just kind of zoning out and I do 45 minutes, that kind of feels like a reward or like, oh, I did better than I thought I was going to. Um, So I just think that realistically you have to just say to yourself, you know, ideally the big term goals, I'd like to exercise for an hour, but, you know, I'm going to do 30 minutes. And if I do more than 30 minutes, then great. So thinking about goals today and thinking about your life, 
listener, we're just excited that you're with us on this journey and talking about goals. And the one thing that God has for you is a goal that you would know Jesus as Savior. So let's just take a minute and listen into the song from Big Daddy Weave called Love Come to Life. On the inside Wondering about this heart of mine I've been desperately Trying to find A way to prove that I'm still alive Has the love I speak so loudly Love 
So if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, and my guest is Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand. Chandra, you created a life goal for yourself as a very little child because I was right there as your mama, and I heard it, and I saw it. You wanted to become a doctor. Can you tell us about that and what helped you to travel down your journey to stick to that goal? Because it was kind of a long path with 10 years of college. Tell us about it. Well, it's hard for me to distinguish a life calling as a goal per se, but I know I had to have small goals along the way to get to that end point. Um, And so I believed really strongly in my vision. Um, So for me, the passion was there and quitting and failure wasn't anything that ever entered my mind. Even when I was at my lowest point, I never saw myself not getting to that end goal. So a lot of times, you know, people will talk about visualizing end goals or visualizing your life as you want it, visualizing yourself as healthy. And all of that, I believe, is something that's very key in getting where you want to be. Um, but whenever I was too tired or I was discouraged for whatever reason, uh, God put the right people in my path to kind of help me along and just tell me that, you know, this whatever I was going through at the time was temporary and that I was almost there. And I think that by telling myself, I'm going to get through this trimester, or I'm going to get through this, you know, week with these five tests, I think that when you look kind of in the smaller picture, you're so fixated on what's in front of you that you can't have that anxiety about the future of, oh, I'm never going to make it. You know, this is, you know, a four-year program, I'm never going to get through that. So sometimes you just have to focus on the small tasks. And that's one of the biggest things that my grandparents instilled in me was take it day by day. I think that's a great, great attitude to have, Chandra, and good advice to end on. I think a wonderful plan for goal setting for you this year, listener, is to just take it one day at a time. Thanks so much, Dr. Chandra Arnie Hildebrand, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Listeners, I love this quote by Billy Graham. He says, God never takes away something from your life without replacing it with something better. Maybe you're thinking that last year was a tough one, that God left you high and dry. You lost your job. You lost your spouse. You lost your best friend. Maybe you're dealing with health issues or you're just discouraged. And you're thinking, sure, it's easy for Billy Graham to say people listen to him, follow him, and life has been good to him. But let me remind you, Mr. Graham lost the love of his wife when his wife died, and he deals with Parkinson's disease every day. We must look for the good in life, the positive. On my own personal journey, I know that God has brought me to everything I have now, and I'm so grateful. I have to tell you that God really has replaced the things that I have lost with things that are better, better for me. He knows the plans He has for us, and they're for good. And speaking of that, today on Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, here's Pastor Frank Riley to encourage us spiritually about the new year and that wonderful verse from Jeremiah 29 about God having a plan for us. Pastor Frank serves as a lead pastor of Trinity Covenant Church in Manchester, Connecticut. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So reads Jeremiah 29.11, and so comes a reminder as you head into a new year. Have you ever thought about it? The Lord has plans for you. 
no matter how chaotic or by chance the world around you seems, the scriptures give you the great comfort of knowing that God has a specific path for you. Yet so often as we go through life, we give little thought to a specific plan and direction for our life. As a result, we often move from month to month and year to year just listlessly floating along. But get this, if as believers we buy into God's promise that there's a plan, then for us, we're empowered to look to the future and to seek His guidance and will for each day, and more than that, into the future of all the days that God has given us. So as you move into 2016, here is the challenge. Look ahead and pray for wisdom from the Lord to make plans for the year. And this year, as you do, begin each objective seeking to make God a part of the plan in full faith and confidence that you are already part of a plan far greater than you can think of or imagine, a plan authored and dreamed for you by the Creator of the universe Himself. Friends, listen to this scripture from Isaiah 40, 29 and 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. Are you wondering how you can do this? How can you live your best life this new year? Well, God will give you the power and strength. One neat way to look for God is through His creation. And here's Best Life staffer Riley Erickson taking a look at the new year and embracing creativity. It's probably fair to say that most of us enjoy an escape to the movie theater when time affords, or have found our fingers nudging up the volume to fully experience the song of a favorite musician. Creative work, in its vast variety, has the capability to entertain, but can also inspire and, in some instances, completely amaze us. Stepping into everyday life, we may find it convenient to be complacent with the complexity and vibrancy of the creative work that God has graciously allowed us to be a part of. Dwelling on His creation for too long can leave us perplexed, and we are at times averse to admitting such. God's creation has some similarities to movies and music, inasmuch as we are generally unaware of the work going on behind the scenes to make everything come together harmoniously. As we head into the start of a new year, let's afford the time to escape into the most creative work ever made, the world around us. This is Riley Erickson for Best Life Ministries, wishing you a happy new year. Thanks so much, Riley. Friends, here's my advice on starting out this new year. It's taken from the words of King Solomon in Proverbs 16.3. Put God in charge of your work, then what you have planned will take place. God's got this for you, listener. Take some time to think through what's working in your life and what's not. When you're thinking about goal setting for the year, when you're thinking about, wow, it's already the 6th, the 7th, the 10th, the 12th of January, and I've already failed miserably, it's okay. Remember what Chandra said? She said that her grandparents taught her, take one day at a time. That's what we need to do to be able to get through. So remember, it's okay if you fail. You can get right back up the next day and start again. That's where God's verses say, His mercy is new every morning. When we work with God's help and make efforts to improve things about ourselves, trying to be our best, well, we can do it with God. We can become the best version of who we are. 
Here's my personal recommendations for you as I leave you today. Number one, commit to reading your Bible and praying. Number two, commit to exercise, eating good foods, and getting plenty of sleep and water. Number three, commit to focusing on those around us. Because when we're thinking about other people, it makes us better. Number four, commit to a happy, positive attitude and outlook. Friends, I believe if you commit to these things, your life will begin to take a turn for the best so you can be your best. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, a new year begins, and as we start our days running in the race of our own personal worlds, please meet us at every glance, every step, every thought. Give us energy, strength, and the ability to make the most of our journey living and loving life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.